Hey guys, good morning. We're going to talk more about the Holy Spirit this week. This week, the title of my teaching is The Holy Spirit Gives Direction. The Holy Spirit Gives Direction. And we're back on version. We stopped doing that during uh, the pandemic deal. I guess we're still in the pandemic and it's not a deal. It's a serious thing. But during containment is what I meant to say. So uh, if you want to just follow along on notes, you can go to version and go to events and look for um, CIL. So like 20 plus years ago, cameras were super, super expensive, like way more expensive, you know, a hundred times more than what they cost today. A friend of mine, uh, he was pastoring a church and he found out some cameras were for sale that were cheap, but they had no media presence whatsoever. And he felt like um, the Holy Spirit said, the church needs to buy those cameras. So he went to the board of directors who were overseeing the finances and said, these cameras are for sale, and uh, I, I believe the Lord's telling us we need to buy these. And they said, well, what are we going to use them for? And he responded, I don't know yet. Then they asked a real important question that board of directors are supposed to ask. What's the ROI? What's the return on investment? If we invest in cameras, what's going to be the payback? And my friend responded, uh, I'm not sure. And he went on to tell them, but I feel like God is leading us in this. Can we pray about it? So that group, if I remember the story correctly, prayed together and purchased these cameras long before they needed them. And at some time in that near future, uh, they had a television ministry for that whole region and area that impacted people for Christ. And so here it was that right as an opportunity came, It wasn't always just human reason, though we do use human reason. I mean, we're supposed to do that. That's not the only factor that gives us direction. And we don't just look at the ROI. We don't just look at, you know, what the bottom line is going to be at the end of the year. We don't just look at the cost analysis. Those are important factors, but it's not the final factor. Because here's my point today, and here's your takeaway today. If you want to take away from today's teaching is this, is the Holy Spirit gives specific direction to the church. I want you to see that in the Bible. And now uh, immediately we say to the church, well, that's, are you talking about CIL? Are you talking about this church or that church? No, I'm talking about us as a collective because we are the church. Like we together are the church, the gathering of God's people. And I want us to remember this and see this from scripture is the Holy Spirit, though he uses our intellect and he uses uh, different business dynamics and he uses our cooperation and all of the different personalities and all of the different gifts that are given. And we come and we become this community and, and God strengthens us through all of those gifts. But the Holy Spirit's in charge and he is speaking into our situation. And we're going to see that from scripture today. So here's the first word today. I'm going to give you two words today. I know three are better than two, but two is all I got so far. So maybe I'll have a third one by 1045. Here it is. Here's the first word. First word is the word aware. And so I want, first of all, at the very basic level for you and I to be aware that even though we're part of the church and we're people of the Bible and we're people of, of wisdom and we're people of cooperation, that when we assemble and we get together, we're not the ones in charge or even the senior pastor is not in charge or even the board or the elders or the staff are not in charge. The Holy Spirit is in charge. Jesus is in charge. And when we remember that, then we tune our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. And I want to just 
say that in my ministry and in my life, the biggest battle of whether or not, whether or not I'm listening to the Holy Spirit and even the counsel of Scripture is awareness. Like when I think about the Holy Spirit, his personalities, his emotions, his presence, his, his intellect, his desire to be involved in the, in the details of our lives, when I'm aware of it, I mean, that's the majority of the battle. Because what happens is most of us, or at least for me, I'll talk for myself, is I just forget the Holy Spirit. We just forget. And that's why a series like this is good, because it's bringing us to remember. So as a collective, as the church, as the ecclesia, the gathering of God's people, uh, we are to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. All right, so let's go to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, starting with verse 1. Now, there were in the church at Antioch. Antioch was a significant city in the early church. It's in what is now modern-day Syria, but it was kind of the Gentiles church. It was the missionary church. It was the church where so much activity sprung from. So Antioch is significant to our faith. Um, There were, notice these two words, prophets and teachers. And so we see that there were an activity of the Holy Spirit happening in Antioch. And so now to know that these are not just abstract thoughts, here, here are specific names, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a close friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, excuse me, I'm not, I know I didn't say that word wrong, and now it's all around the world on Facebook. Sorry about that. Yeah. And Saul. Go on to verse 2. As, now look at this part. As they were worshiping, I want you to notice that word, and fasting. Okay? As they were presenting themselves to the Holy Spirit. As they were slowing down. As they were having a God-focused a, a, a type of faith that's focused on who the Holy Spirit is, who Jesus is, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the works which I have called them to. And then after they had fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them off. And some being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they set sail to Cyprus. Arriving at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. They also had John as their servant. So we see here that the Holy Spirit is directing the church and it's saying, we're going to send people out. We're going to send people out into their calling. And it all started with awareness. Where did the awareness start? With worship. Okay, we don't have a song service here to get people from the parking lot or lobby in here so they can just hear the word later. All right, so the musicians here do not exist to entertain you. They usher you in to the presence of the Lord. They usher you in and and get you sensitive to the presence of the Lord because worship is the baseline of receiving. And they, they go back and forth. Worship leads us to the word, and then the word leads us to worship. I've always told our worship leaders, and, and I always say the end of worship is just as important as the beginning. All right? I look at it as two sets of worship because worship prepares us for the word, and in the word, we respond with worship. But I, I want you to think about that word aware. Worship makes us aware of the presence of God. It makes us aware of the inclusion of God. It makes us aware that the Holy Spirit's near. The early church, as they worship. 
And as they fasted, and we won't get into fasting. The, the New Testament doesn't talk a lot about fasting. But I got a bunch of sermons online if you want to hear about fasting. Here's the deal about fasting. Fasting just prepares you to hear from God. It does. I mean, that, that's the purpose of fasting is to hear from God, to position yourself to hear from God. And so I don't see this as a formula like worship and fasting and you know, you have to do both to send someone out. I see this as uh, the stuff that we do to connect with God is what prepares us to be sending churches and prepares us to be listening churches. We listen to the voice of God when we make ourselves available to God. I was at a restaurant the other day, and uh, in this restaurant, we were with a large group of people, uh, about 14, 15 of us. And uh, we had a lot of talkers. I was one of them. I'm the lead talker, okay? I get to talk for a living, so I'm talking all the time, talking, talking, talk, talk, talking. We had five or six of us just talking, 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 talking. And there was a very uh, smart but humble man sitting with us. And I just so happened, I usually don't see this, but I actually saw him trying to speak. Every time he would, he would start to speak, and then someone else would start talking. And then as soon as that next talker got their breath, another talker would come. And I saw about five or six times uh, th- this man tried to insert himself in the conversation, but there was just no opening. There was just no way. And so I, I just happened to say, usually I'm the one interrupting, so don't, I'm not trying to make myself sound like a hero of the story, okay? I'm usually the villain of the stories. But I, I did, in this case, happen to say, hey, everyone, Ron is trying to speak. Ron's trying to say something. And all the heads turned to Ron. And I thought about this for the church. Like, we're really busy. I mean, not only CIL, but the, the whole church. The whole church is really busy. And, and we're busy enjoying uh, the practices of the church. Talk, 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 talking all over each other. Noise, 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 noise. And maybe the Holy Spirit's like, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to speak. And so worship and fasting and Different kinds of spiritual practices make us aware there is one called the Holy Spirit, and he wants to speak. And I'm so glad our worship leaders have done a really good job always, but even in these last few months of just like, hey, let's just wait for a second. Probably the reason they didn't do it before is because I had them on the clock. I'm like, hey, you got 23 minutes, you know? So it's not their fault. It's my fault. But I I have really encouraged uh, in these recent weeks, like, hey, let's just wait. Come on, let's just wait upon the Holy Spirit. Let's just listen for a second. Let, let's just have this moment with God, uh, this sensitivity, because we're aware that the presence of the Lord is among us, and he's speaking to us in a specific way. All right? So here in this scripture, the Holy Spirit led them to lay hands and to send off someone into the ministry. How many know that the scripture is not just something for the distant? The scripture is alive, okay? All right, so um, actually, Abby, we bring me my mask up here for a second, if you don't mind. Uh, I, I know no one on the screen has seen me, but I want to ask, uh, I, I want to do something in real life. If you didn't know we're going to do this, I want Josh Johnson to join me up here. I need one too. Uh, can you bring that other mic, Chip, or Abby, or whoever? Yeah, whoever wants to do it. Okay, so Josh led worship today, and Josh Johnson is, uh, I think you have to stand this way so you're in camera. Okay. Are we six feet apart? I don't know. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. I get thumbs up from the camera booth. Uh, Josh Johnson is part of two churches, his home church in East Tennessee, 
And um, our church, when he works here in Nashville, it's his other home church. And he is getting ready by the end of the month to leave us for nine months and maybe go somewhere further. He didn't know I was going to do this today, but I thought, man, I, we're, we're, we're preaching the sermon and we're asking to be led by the Holy Spirit. And all week long, I thought, should we pray for Josh in this week's sermon? And then I thought, well, God, if you want us to pray for Josh, let Aubrey remind me. <laughs> if you want us to pray for Josh, let Jimmy Rivera remind me because Jimmy and Josh run around together a lot. Or, or if, 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 if he needs money, Lord, let Josh ask for it. By the way, his, do you need money? Okay, all right. I'm about to say, you know, I mean, the first, the, the first step of being a missionary is you got to say, yeah, I need the money, okay? So, Josh, I want you just in about one minute um, is to just kind of tell what God's leading you to do. And we want to pray for you. Um, yeah, so in one minute, I'll, I'll say that here at the end of uh, the month, I'll be going to Tijuana to, to train. And part of that training is to go to unreached people groups, people that um, not only don't have witnesses, the church, you and me, that live near them. Some of them don't even have the Word of God. They, they don't even have a written language to, to translate the Word of God. And so I'll, I'll say this, there's, there's over 3 billion people that don't have that witness that you and me have day to day. So, so my hope and, and the call uh, that I'm trying to answer is just the Great Commission. And it's what you all give to, it's what you all support uh, to go and and. I don't mean to try still any thunder, but ministry, financial ministry, is is part of that. So um, anyway, thank you for your. So we're, tell them where you're going to go at the end of the month. So at the end of the month, I'll, I'll be crossing the border. I'll be in in Tijuana, and for nine months, I'll, I'll train there um, to go further. So he'll go to Tijuana for nine months, and at the end of the nine months, we'll discern where God may be sending him. So this is a chance for us to send out a missionary. I want. Our pastors who are in the room, I know several of our pastors are doing ministry in other parts of the building. Come on up. Come on up. So we're going to pray, and we're going to commission. Uh, we're going to just commission Josh. Now, this is a part of the way we demonstrate God's word. It's not something in the distance. It's for the now. It's also a chance for me to live out the scripture because the Holy Spirit kept saying, let's do this this Sunday. And then I thought, it's a busy Sunday. We got back to school prayer. Uh, Aubrey's not here to lead worship, so I don't know how long Josh and Aubrey, and Beth, uh, Josh and uh, uh, Abby are going to go and worship. And then uh, all this, you know, I, I had all of these question marks. And then the Holy Spirit said, do it, do it. Then I asked Josh, hey, is this your last Sunday? He's like, no, I got three or four. And I thought, hey, I'm off the hook now. The Holy Spirit said, no, you want to pray for him now. So we want to be responsive to this. So I want us to pray together. And so I won't get droplets your way. I'll put on the mask. I've never prayed with a mask before. So here we go. There's a first for anything. Hey, let's pray together, guys. Come on. Father, we pray, God, in the name of Jesus, God, we pray for Josh. And Lord, we, as representing the authority of this church and representing this church, God, we pray a release, God, a release of his call. And Lord, we send him out, God. We send him out, God, to the places you've called him to go. We know he's going to go to Tijuana at the end of this month. But Lord, we know it's from there, God. Lord, you're going to send him out, Lord, to the nations. We don't know where, but Lord, we trust that you know where. So Father, God, we as a church body who have received 
the, from the ministry of Josh Johnson. We have received for him as he has led us in worship. We have received from him as he has ministered to our youth. Now, God, we speak a blessing over him. And we pray that the favor of the Lord would go and the support of this church would go with him. And that, God, you would lead him to the people group you want him to serve. You would bring the team together. And, God, as these pastors, as we lay our hands upon him, we thank you and we praise you for that. And we send Josh out in the name of Jesus, we pray. If you agree, would you say amen? Amen. 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 All right. So here's the deal. If you want to give to Josh, you can go to the church center app and you can choose missions, Josh Johnson. Or if you want to text, you can 84321, you put Josh J. And I just want to make that available because he says he does need more funding to make this happen. Okay. And he'll be with us two or three more weeks. And so you can get to know personally what's going on. And you can, if you're not ready to give financially, you can give in the future. We'll just keep that account open for a few weeks. And, and just as the Holy Spirit leads you, you can support this ministry. Okay? So that is now a biblical example. And I wasn't just trying to be, you know, cute doing that. I mean, I kind of wrestled with that this morning a little bit. But it's a, a biblical example of us like, let's listen to the Holy Spirit. Let's listen and respond. Let's be responsive to what he said. I was uh, trying to go to the, the Sumner County dump the other day, and I had my whole van full of trash. I mean, it was full of trash, and I had planned my whole morning. And you know how you plan a morning, and you have just enough time to drop it off, go back home, and get ready for the day, and make the next appointment. And sure enough, I'm, I'm, I'm driving there on, um, on the old 109 or 109 bypass, and I can actually see uh, the, the dump. They, they have something more official, like the trash resource center, but we call it the dump. You know, you take your van and you dump trash out. So I could see the trash resource center and I could physically see it. I'm like, I'm almost there, but there's a train in the way. How many know that that train track, whether you're in Hendersonville or Gallatin, is just so inconvenient, man. It just, it's only on the days when you're on the edge of your time that it, it passes through, okay? If you have, if you have all the times in the world to like look at cloud formations, the train's never there then, okay? If, you, if you're wanting to, you know, hear more of a podcast, the train never stops your car. But it's when the margins are close, the train shows up. And so the train showed up, and this time, not only did it show up, it wasn't moving. I mean, it was just standing still. And then the line kept backing up car after car after car after car. And I'm just thinking, after all these cars are backing up, you know, like, are people just going to stay here all day? Because theoretically, if we know the train is going to move again, we could stay. But, like, what if the train broke, you know? Or I don't know how trains break, but what if the, 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 the track got broken or whatever or something safe for people and we couldn't pass? Are we just going to sit here all day? And so, you know, I, I know it was no turning back. I had all this trash in my van. I wasn't going to take it back home. Uh, so I decided I'm going to figure out a way. And so I figured out a way. I take pride in finding alternative routes. And I found a way. I had to go all the way around town. The train was still standing still. And I got there. Now, guys... I want us to, to think about this illustration as we go to this next scripture, because here's the second word. The second only word I'm going to give you today is the word respond. The word respond. How are you responding to the no's that God gives you in life? Okay, and I, and I want you to see in the scripture that God's no's typically leads us to new yeses. In the case of this little illustration, the train had stopped, and in my earthly knowledge, there was no timeline for it to move, 
I've heard it's moved since then. That was a few weeks ago. And it's moved since then, but I didn't know that. And so then I had to find a different route. Now let's go to Acts chapter 16, starting with verse 6. It says, they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. Now look at this phrase here, because this is the personality of the Holy Spirit. You're going to see a strong no from the Holy Spirit. They had been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Asia is what we now would call modern Turkey. Okay, so they had been, the Holy Spirit said, no, no, you are not going to Asia. You're not going to modern day Turkey. And when they came to Mycenae, they tried to go into Bithynia. Now, here's, we see the Trinity here in operation, but the spirit of Jesus, because we know the three are one. And so God's not hung up on our vernacular. If you say, Jesus, come into my heart. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Father, let me feel your love. It's the same God. All right? We don't have to get hung up on our vernacular. We'll take him any way he reveals himself to us. But it says the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. I mean, this is your train stuck on the tracks. So, so passing by Messiah, they went down to Troas. Now, verse 9, I'm in verse 9. And during the night, Paul had a vision in which a Macedonian man, this is a Greek, a Greek man. So if you, if you look on the map, Turkey and Greece are very close to each other. Very close. They're separated by a very small body of water. And now this Macedonian man or this Greek man was standing and pleading with them, cross over to Macedonia and help us. Come on over. In verse 10, and after he had seen the vision, we immediately made efforts to set out for Macedonia, concluding that, here's the conclusion, this is what we call about the call. God had called us to preach the gospel to them. He had not called us to go into Asia, Turkey. He had called us to go to Macedonia and Greek. This is part of what Josh is discerning, but it's not just for the professionals. It's for every single person who hears my voice. You have a calling. Okay, so a lot of us have heard a no to a preference. I remember when lots of people wanted to uh, plant churches in Gatlinburg because, yeah, I just feel called to seek the people of the mountains in a chalet in Gatlinburg. Well, just because you want to go somewhere doesn't mean God's called you to go there. I mean, I love the people of Williamson County and Franklin, Tennessee, but I just can't imagine we need another church planner in Franklin, Tennessee. I mean, it just, there's tons of them. I, I, no offense. I guess all my friends who are pastors in Franklin, Tennessee are preaching right now. But yeah, I, I mean, we tend to want to ch- plant churches in the suburbs. And I know I don't have a whole lot of moral authority having planted a church in Hendersonville. But I did leave my mama and left Dallas to come to Tennessee. So at least I didn't, she followed me, I didn't follow her. So praise God for that. By the way, uh, it's my mom's birthday today. So happy birthday, mom. We love you. So, so I see her friends kind of in the middle here. Uh, so if you know her, blow her up on text, you know, tell Sherry, happy birthday. All right. And tell her I'm saying good things about her too, because she'll want to know that. So th- this idea of, of the, these apostles wanted to go to Turkey. They wanted to go to Asia Minor, but the spirit said, no. That's not for you. And then, then this Macedonian call is what is known in kind of pastoral terms. This, this vision of this person saying, hey, come help us. Come help us. Come be with us. We need you. 
And, and I've seen this happen over and over. I see it in, in my friend Chris Exley and Brandy Exley, who they were youth sponsors with us 20 years ago. And he, he was a computer programmer. And he went on a mission trip to, to Africa. And, and the love that he has for the people of, of East Africa, the love that he has, it compels him and it calls him. I think about the children's workers here at our church that took care of my kids. And now my kids are are teenagers and and young adults. And they didn't do it because they had to. They didn't do it just to try to make someone happy. They didn't do it out of guilt. It's this idea of like kids are saying, come on, come to Awana and listen to me. Come to Awana and listen to me recite my memory verses. It's a calling. It's a calling. It's a calling uh, responding to what God has said. And then that's why I, I just respect people who don't always just look at just, just what you can see on the surface, just at the data, just at the consumer qualities of a, of a move or a church or a calling or an assignment. But they say, no, I want to hear the Holy Spirit. I want to hear the voice of the Lord. And if the voice of the Lord calls someone even to a plush suburb, if God calls that person, that's where God wants that person to be. It's hearing and responding to the voice of the Lord. This is what I just feel in my heart is that some of us have heard a no from God, but because we've been so frustrated, we haven't looked for the yes. So God said, no, you're not going to be a pastor. Okay, well. I guess I only have to go to church once every six weeks now. No, that's not that. Say You're still saying yes to a different vocation. Because God needs you in the business world. Or God needs you to be a teacher. God needs you to produce wealth. Or God needs you to uh, coach somebody. Or, or God needs you to use your engineering mind. Because I want to tell you that if I had to engineer anything in this world, this world would fall apart. I have no kind of engineering mind. You guys and girls who are engineers, you amaze me. See, we, we aren't just saying, oh, that's what I didn't, I didn't get to do what I wanted to do. That no leads us to a yes. And the Holy Spirit is still speaking. And he's still speaking to us. And he's calling us. He's calling us. That's why Josh and Brooke, they, they're, for, they're the first staff members we've had in years who have left another state to come to us. They're just not like, hey, I live here. I live in Hendersonville. Yeah, I'll take the job. No, they're like, no, we're, Brooke left her family and Josh left his friends and they said, hey, we're going to go to Hendersonville, Tennessee without family, without anyone to help because God had called them to the teenagers and young adults and to the families of this church. That's that calling of God that says, hey, God, whatever you say no to, okay, we'll submit to. And God, whatever you say yes to, we'll go for it, God. It's not about us living out our preference. It's about us living under under the approval of God. And when we get God's approval, life is better than we ever could imagine anyway. This is what God does for us. So here's a couple of questions I have for you today. Where is God telling you not to go? Maybe it's been, some of you high school students, it's been your dream always to go to an SEC school because you like sports. And God's saying no to you. God has a bigger plan for your life than to attend five football games a year just because you like an orange tea or a red A. 
and he's saying, hey, I've got a higher calling. Maybe he's calling you to a Christian school. Maybe he's calling you to stay home. Maybe he's calling you to go to Vol State and, and, and to volunteer at the church and to get involved in ministry. See, God's no's are okay because he has a calling behind the no that's even better. He has a calling. You see, the things that God says, I want to move you on from, but we hold on to, it's like the manna on the seventh day, it spoils in our hands. You can't return. You can't recreate history. You can't recreate your past. You got to step into your now. You got to step into your future. You got to step into what God has for you today. God is telling some of you no to some stuff and you haven't been willing to emotionally accept it. And I just say to you today, hey, this is okay. Step into God's great unknown. There is nothing to fear when God says no because he has something better on the other side. Who or what is God calling you to, right? Who or what is God calling you to? Is he calling you to intercessory prayer? Is he calling you to serve a certain people group? Is he calling you to identify a family member? Maybe some of you, your calling right now is to care for someone in your family who is sick or to care for an aged adult or to care for a child who has special needs. And the Lord wants you to know that's an awesome calling, you know, do not despise the calling to the one because there is, an, there is an anointing on your life to do what God's called you to do. You have plenty of time to do the will of God. I want you to hear that. When God, when you're, when you're seeking the Lord and in step with the Lord, you have plenty of time to do everything that he's called you to. This humanistic mindset, it's like, hey, YOLO. Well, that's not what I meant to say. Yeah, it's a YOLO, FOMO and YOLO. Yeah, YOLO means it's your one life only, right? You only live once. YOLO, you know? And I got to hurry, hurry, hurry. You guys can tell I'm getting used to not preaching on TV. The only problem is I'm still on TV. That's not good. This is how I used to preach before the cameras came. But this, this whole idea of like we only, you know, we only live once. Oh, no. And I just feel, listen. I'm a middle-aged man now, so I can feel this in, in, in those of us who are in middle age, this sense of, of oppression. It's the oppression of the urgency, like, like we think somehow we've messed something up and that somehow our opportunity is going to be over. Man, not so with God. All right. Hey, if you want to go get a bunch of motivational books, those will limit you more than they'll help you. But the God that we serve has potential to do something in a Caleb who can take the mountain as an old man. And listen, the mountain is before you and you can take that mountain. There are no limitations with God. So don't set the limitations that you have predetermined comparing yourself to another. Comparing a timeline with someone else. These are all things that can hinder the both no of God and the yes of God. So then we get to this, like, what's your call? What's your call? And, and I want to suggest today that that call to be more Holy Spirit driven than maybe it has before. I love personality tests. I, learned, uh, I love discovering all that. And all personality tests are, it's just organizing data. That's all they are. There's no power in it. It just organizes data. But guys, the Holy Spirit, sometimes we've, we've allowed personality tests to try to put us in a lane of career choice or of future choices that God didn't have for us. And instead, the Holy Spirit says, no, I have called you. I've assigned you. I am sending you. And there's someone, this Macedonian call 
this, this, this man saying, come help us. You know, the, the, the people of Appalachia saying, come help us. And, and I see the Cordray family and the Pentecost family keep going and they keep helping them. Come help us in Costa Rica. You know, come, come help us in the Muslim world. Come help us here in Hendersonville and Gallatin and Goodlettsville. Come help us make our society and our culture a better place. And whatever you're passionate about, whatever whatever that you, you see the need of and you feel the Spirit calling you, go to that place and then you'll begin to see that the things God has said no to are actually opening the door for a lot of yeses. Guys, I have a whole list of things that I wanted to be that the Lord has said no to. And I'm so glad. One of them is the president of the United States. I used to want to be president. And I'm so glad I'm not president because half of y'all would hate me right now if I was president. So all of these things, and the list could go on. You know, I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary, you know. But, but all the no's have said yes to something beautiful in my life today and right now. Hey, let's pray about it. I want you, if you're here with me, would you stand? Let's just stand. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to give direction to the church. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to give direction. Guys, we're not flawless people, and sometimes the Holy, we think the Holy Spirit's saying something, and we're like, oh, well, man, I guess I missed it, or I was wrong, or I didn't hear right, or we respond to the Holy Spirit, and it doesn't really happen the way we imagined. And then maybe it takes years and decades for us to see, ah, now I see. Now I see what the Holy Spirit was doing. Now I see why the Holy Spirit said no. Now I see why the Holy Spirit gave me that call to that ungrateful people group or to that city I didn't want to live in. Some of us, listen, we are so, we we are at a city or location that we don't prefer. And we become so fixated on it, you're overlooking the blessing of God right where you're at right now. Come on, quit complaining about where you're living and start seeing the blessing of God and where you're at. Move on, move forward, move into today. Move into the future of what God has for you. Begin to see that you can't reproduce what you had, but you can be where you're at. You can be in the moment. You can be in the place. You can see the goodness of God manifesting in your life right now. And it's all going to to make sense when we're submitted to the Lord. And he will do that. So, Father, I want to pray for you now. Father, we ask that as we respond to you this day, that Holy Spirit, you would give us direction and you would give us strength for the days ahead. And we praise your name for that, Lord. Lord, we go into this time of reflection, this time of response. We ask that you would be with us.